The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Chaos to Calm with our hosts, Jackie Blunt, Kathy Fogarty, and Bill McMillan. On our program, let us introduce you to Renshui and a very special state of well-being, relaxation, calm, and improved health. Real change in your life starts here. Now, Chaos to Calm. Hello and welcome to Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. My name is Kathy Fogarty and I have the pleasure of hosting our show, Chaos to Calm. In this series of programs, you will hear from people who are learning to live their lives in a calm and relaxed state using tools derived from ancient wisdom traditions. Renj Way is a comprehensive path to wellness that works on opening our hearts and clarifying our minds. Renjwe also has tools to work directly on the body and its energy. One tool is Yuan Gong, a contemporary form of Qigong that melds graceful movements with meditation and breath to improve health and well-being. Our episode today is called Intentional Healing, You Can Do It, and it is my pleasure to introduce my guest, Dr. Mark Lebo a retired physician who was a cardiologist for 18 years before becoming a Yuan Gong-style Qigong teacher and Renjui practitioner. He and his wife, Lori, live in Boca Raton, Florida, with their two Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. Welcome, Dr. Lebo. Well, thank you very much for having me on the show. Oh, it's our pleasure. So excited. So, before we begin, Dr. Mark, I'm a little bit curious to hear a little more about yourself and how, how a cardiologist became interested in intentional healing. Well, after I retired for, from medicine, um, I was looking for ways to improve not only my own health, but to help understand why people with chronic diseases never got better. And after my a retirement, I did a fellowship in integrative medicine with Dr. Andrew Weil at the University of Arizona. Uh-huh. From there, I started studying Chinese medicine, and after studying Chinese medicine, I was drawn uh, to meditation and Qigong, and eventually was fortunate enough uh, to meet Yuanza and start learning and teaching Yuanga. Oh, that's wonderful. So... So let's begin. Let's talk. Let's get 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 to the the meat of the matter here. Um, how would you define intentional healing? Well, in a very brief uh, sentence, I would say intentional healing is using the consciousness to heal yourself or others, or to improve the health of yourself or others. And so, in the context of intentional healing. How do you define consciousness? And, you know, with the caveat that consciousness is a subject that uh, we could talk about for probably years and years, as our teacher would say. Um, but in the context of intentional healing, how do you define consciousness? So, I absolutely agree with you. We could spend a whole hour just talking about consciousness, or even days, weeks, months. But just right now, although we, I plan to discuss it more at the end of our conversation, I'll briefly just say that uh, consciousness is an awareness or self-awareness. This is a very controversial and, and poorly understood topic, and I'll have a lot more to say about it as the show progresses. Could, could we also say that for the purposes of this, that consciousness is also like using the mind? Absolutely. You're absolutely okay. correct. Yeah. So... How does consciousness 
or using the mind impact our health? Well, uh, first let's discuss how our consciousness can adversely affect our health. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take the example of uh, stress and how stress uh, affects our body. And um, stress is actually a very broad topic. The term is actually derived uh, from English, French, and Latin terms, meaning to draw tight. But a nice uh, definition of stress would be a nonspecific response of the body to any demand made upon it. Mm -hmm. And there are usually three phases in stress. First is an awareness of the stress. And then there's an adjustment phase or resistance phase to stress. And then there's either an exhaustion phase or you return to a non-stress environment. And there are many different types of stress. There's psychological stress, physical stress, oxidative stress, which means stress within cells. But for the purposes of this brief discussion, I'm going to just discuss psychological stress. And there are four types of stress. I'm just going to briefly mention them. There's acute stress, which like an acute event, chronic stress, which really is what I'm going to be talking about. It's continuous or it repeats itself, usually involves, for example, job insecurity, financial insecurity, sexual harassment, physical abuse. There's a term called burnout which is an effective response to chronic stress characterized by emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and reduced accomplishment. And there's something called post-traumatic stress syndrome, which is actually an anxiety disorder uh, initiated by two exposures to some traumatic or stressful event. Usually it's associated with going to war, a natural disaster, or can be even with a life-threatening illness. So in regards to chronic stress, which really we're going to be talking about for the next couple of minutes, um, how does this affect the body? And we could spend the whole hour just on this, so I'm just going to briefly talk about stress in the heart. Um, and the most famous article in Western literature about stress in the heart is called the Inner Heart Study. And it included 15,000 patients who had heart attacks and 13,000 what we call controls, people who were age-matched to the heart attack patients. So we had a uh, comparison study. And the patients were drawn from 52 countries. And it investigated the relationship of chronic stress to the incidence of heart attacks. And psychological stress was assessed by questionnaires about work, home, financial stress, life events, and basically what they found was that people who reported chronic stress at home or at work had a greater than two times incidence of elevated risk for developing a heart attack than the average person. And there are lots of other studies on top of that. Uh, marital stress has been shown with a higher incidence of heart, heart attacks. People who are caregivers for other uh, people have higher uh, death rates. Um, and there's even a study uh, called the Whitehall Study, which was done in England, that people who don't have good job satisfaction at work, uh, their careers are blocked or they have poor promotion prospects, have a 2.5 times increased incidence of heart disease. Now, stress also affects the heart in many other ways. There's irregular heartbeats, what we call atrial and ventricular arrhythmias, Uh, There's something called sudden death where people died suddenly because of stress. Mm. And we know that stress can also affect the blood vessels. The innermost lining of the blood vessel is called the endothelium. And we know stress adversely affects the inner lining of the blood vessel. And it can make it thicker. It can form cholesterol there and form plaques and blockages. Another interesting effect of stress of the heart is what we call stress cardiomyopathy which is a disease uh, where the apex of the left ventricle uh, deteriorates while people are undergoing stress. And in the medical literature, it has many other names called stress cardiomyopathy, Takasumo's cardiomyopathy, apical balloon syndromes. It's found more frequently in women, 
And people who have this disease uh, present with heart attacks, heart failure, strokes, and death. And when you do coronary angiograms or catheterizations on these people, they don't find any coronary artery disease. So it seems to be a direct effect address of stress uh, on the heart muscle. Wow, that's very so that's amazing. there's a lot of different ways that stress can affect your heart. Uh-huh. In an well, adverse or negative way. Yeah. And other emotional problems like uh, depression or anxiety also have been shown to have adverse consequences on our health. Right. I know, you know, I'm a naturopathic physician in, in Washington State, and I know that in my practice, just at, as a clinician, I see a lot of stress-related illnesses. I see that asthma gets exacerbated. I see people that have not just uh, tension headaches, but migraine headaches that can be exacerbated by stress, irritable bowel, chronic heartburn, uh, and then, as you mentioned, um, depression and anxiety. And even... Um, uh, you know, I see people with high blood pressure, and uh, that that seems to be uh, directly related uh, to stress sometimes. Absolutely, yeah, you're absolutely so the, correct. The question, the question begs, Doctor Mark, if if the mind and if stress can adversely impact, well, not stress. We know, st- we know, stress adversely impacts one's health, but is it possible then for the the mind to? Uh, override that or to have some type of a positive impact. We talk a lot about the mind and how it can impact negatively and like the, the point that you were just saying about stress. Um, but is is it possible to, to, to use the mind in a positive way in order to, to really make changes? Absolutely. Uh, in fact, uh, positive emotions, and positive attitudes have definitely been associated with better health outcomes. And I actually consider uh, meditation, uh, qigong, yuangong as techniques uh, that use your consciousness to improve your health. And so let's just talk a little bit about meditation and qigong uh, so our audience can have a little bit of better understanding what that is. So what is meditation? So if I were to define meditation, I could use some scientific definitions and say it's an attention regulation method that transfers the focus of our attention inward to inside our body. Mm -hmm. Or I could say it's a method to elicit an extreme relaxation state or a relaxation response or even a state beyond extreme relaxation. And it's characterized by specific brainwave changes or functional changes in scans of the brain. And this focus of attention that we use can either be on breathing or visualizations or sound or thoughts or a combination of the above. And there are lots of different forms of meditation. There's mindfulness, loving kindness, qigong, yuangong, transcendental meditation, yoga meditation. And they all basically follow the same techniques. And since I'm a Yuangong practitioner, so what is Yuangong or Qigong? So we said Yuangong was a contemporary form of Qigong. But Qigong and Yuangong are actually 3,000 to 5,000-year-old techniques that focus specifically on both improving the consciousness and the health of the body. And the visualizations involved revolve a healthy mind and a healthy body and drawing information and energy inside the body from the universe using our consciousness. And I'm going to discuss this relationship of the consciousness and the universe a little bit later. It can involve sound. It can involve focusing on the breath. You can be doing it uh, moving, or you can be still, quiet. You can be standing, sitting, or lying down. And it's one of the three pillars of Chinese medicine, including acupuncture and herbal therapy. So it follows the principles of Chinese medicine, and that health is related to the mind, body, and qi condition. And so it's really medicine, a holistic. Really it's really a holistic approach. The body and the mind. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, really, qigong meditation is really the study of quantum physics and the consciousness. So I mentioned this word chi, and it's not well understood by most people. So what what is chi? 
Well, it's not recognized by Western medicine, but I believe it's probably a subatomic molecule. And it follows the laws of quantum physics. Like particles, it has both energy and information. And it follows the duality theory of quantum physics, in that energy can either be a particle, which has form, or it can be formless, which is a wave. Um, this can be, chi can be seen or felt by some individuals. It's present everywhere, including the body and the universe. And in Chinese medicine, qi deficiency, or poor quality of qi, uh, precedes the external manifestation of a disease. Again, this is not accepted by Western medicine, but is accepted by uh, several thousand-year-old uh, medical technique in China. And so, um, so, so are there studies... So, Dr. Liu, um, it's, it's about time for us to take a short break. Uh, this is fascinating. It's been incredible to listen to you just going through and explaining um, the just how Qi is involved with, with all of this. Um, but we are going to go to a break now. Um, this is Kathy Fogarty, and... We've been listening today to Dr. Mike Lebo, who has been talking to us about intentional uh, healing. You are listening to the show Chaos to Calm on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please stay tuned. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. So many people live from one crisis to another, with each crisis taking an emotional and often even a physical toll. It doesn't have to be like that. Renshue can help you change the patterns that keep you locked in stress. It can help you learn to live life from a calm, relaxed, natural state, even in the face of challenging circumstances. Renshue integrates gentle exercise and moving meditation with a modern understanding of health and wellness. The practice has helped many to reduce anxiety and stress, gain greater mental focus and clarity, improve their physical health, or simply enhance their energy level. To learn more about how Wrenchway can help you, visit our website, wrenchwayamericas.org. That is R-E-N-X-U-E, Americas with an S, dot O-R-G. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Chaos to Calm with Jackie Blunt, Kathy Fogarty, 
and Bill McMillan. To find out more about Wrenchway, what we do, and how it can benefit you, visit our website, www.renxueamericas.org. Now back to Chaos to Calm. So welcome back to Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. I am Kathy Fogarty, your host of our show, Chaos to Calm. Our episode today is called Intentional Healing, You Can Do It. And it has been my pleasure to be speaking with our guest, Dr. Mark Lebo, a retired cardiologist who has been sharing with us some of the science related to intentional healing. So, Dr. Mark, before the break, you were talking about the different modalities that come under the heading of intentional healing, and you mentioned meditation and Qigong, and then when we were just going to break, you were talking about uh, Qi, and um, I'm wondering if, um, if, if you have found any uh, science, uh, or, or I should say documented in the Western medical literature, um, where these uh, modalities in intentional healing have been found to be beneficial to health. Absolutely, and I'd love to discuss it with you in the audience. So the first study uh, comes from a Dr. Chan. It was published in Complementary Therapies and Clinical Practice in 2013. And the title of the article is Biochemical and Psychometric Evaluation of Qigong as a Stress Tool Among First-Year Nursing Students. And Qigong was practiced two times a week by the study group, while a control group had no intervention. So they had, again, matched patients to the Qigong practicing group to try and make it a very good study. And they measured depression, anxiety, stress through questionnaires. They also measured uh, salivary biomarkers, which are like cortisol levels in the saliva, which are indications of stress. And what they found was that after 10 weeks, the Qigong group had statistical improvement uh, in depression, anxiety, and stress scores. And they found that cortisol, salivary cortisol secretions uh, diminished in the Qigong group, proving that their stress levels had gone down. There's another uh, study of Qigong on stress, which was published by Dr. Griffin in the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine in 2008. And 40 subjects from the Denver Veterans Medical Center were randomized or put in a study, a six-week study of Qigong practice or put on in a control group. And they, again, measured stress through a stress scale, and they also looked at quality of life measurements and a pain scale. And, again, they found that Qigong group demonstrated a significant reduction of perceived stress, greater improvement in the quality of life scale, and less pain. And there are a lot of other studies in medicine. For example, there's a study on transcendental meditation in African-American patients who have documented coronary artery disease demonstrated by angiography. Um, They have at least one blockage more than 50%, which is significant, and they were followed by 5.4 years. And the people practicing transcendental meditation had a reduced risk of mortality. In other words, they had less deaths, they had less heart attacks, and they had less strokes than a control group. That's incredible. In addition, there's lots (laughs) of um, studies using hypertension. Uh, Mild hypertension has been treated with both uh, Qigong uh, and transcendental meditation and have shown significant uh, decreases in blood pressure. But one study by Dr. Schneider, published in the American Journal of Cardiology in 2005, followed patients for over seven years and found not only a decrease in mortality, but a decrease in cardiovascular deaths and cancer mortality. And there's an interesting paper by this Dr. Sullivan in the American Heart Journal that showed that uh, mindfulness meditation, he did a study in 2008 uh, looking at patients who had heart failure with very low function of the heart, and he found there was significant improvement of their symptoms of heart failure with mindfulness meditation. 
There are also studies. There's a Dr. Labrador in the Archives of Internal Medicine in 2006 who followed patients with coronary artery disease, heart disease, and metabolic syndrome, which is a composite of obesity, hypertriglyceridemia, high lipids, heart disease, and they found that... Um, that basically meditation, transcendental meditation, showed a reduction in insulin levels, in insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. There's another study in diabetes care in 2002 that showed that Qigong, when practiced for four months, two hours a week, compared to a control group, had significantly less hemoglobin A1C levels, which is a measure of blood sugar on a more chronic basis. So what diseases has meditation or Qigong shown to be beneficial? We could just do hours on this subject alone, but I'll just briefly mention them. Heart disease, hypertension, diabetes, stress, anxiety, depression, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, cancer, chemotherapy-related symptoms, mild uh, cognitive defects of the brain, and even Parkinson's disease. Um, so, so basically, there are lots of things where we can help ourselves through using our own consciousness. So as you've been doing this reading and, and finding all this research, has anybody um, mentioned at all like why they think it works or how it works? Well, we're going to get to that now. But first, I just want to make a couple other comments about using your consciousness to improve your health. There's a very interesting study published by Dr. Luters in NeuroImage in 2016. And he looked at brains of patients who, people who have meditated for more than 20 years. And he found that at age 50, the brains of the long-term meditators were estimated to be seven and a half years younger than the brains of a similar person who didn't meditate. So meditation seems to affect the aging process. Mm-hmm. And there's something called telomeres, and telomeres and DNA we're going to talk about right now. And telomeres are DNA protein structures at the end of chromosomes. Chromosomes contain, contain the genetic information of life, our DNA. You can consider telomeres like plastic caps at the end of a shoelace, which keep the laces from unraveling. And they're markers of the aging process. And because with every cell division, each time a cell divides, uh, the telomeres get shorter and shorter. And there's an enzyme called telomerase. And this enzyme seems to help make the telomeres longer and repair short telomeres. And there's a very interesting study by Dr. Ho. It was published in the Annals of Behavioral Medicine in 2012. And they studied Qigong meditation and chronic fatigue syndrome over a four-month period. And not only did the patients in the Qigong group demonstrate significant increases in this telomerase activity, they also demonstrated improved symptoms compared to the control group. Uh, There's another study by Dr. Hogue, published in Brain Behavior and Immunology in 2013. And they looked at uh, people who practice loving-kindness meditation compared to control groups, and they found that people who practiced meditation a lot had significantly longer telomeres than the average person. So what we're talking about here is the study of epigenetics. We can't really change uh, our DNA. That's like encoded from uh, our parents. But we can change the way that our DNA is expressed. Mm-hmm. So actually, we, this is a very interesting topic. It used to be in medicine that we, it was thought that you really couldn't change the way diseases appeared in the human body. But now with the study of epigenetics, we know that we can change, uh, the, change our, basically our destiny, our health destiny. There's a very interesting study by Dr. Lee published in the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine in 2005. And basically, he looked at uh, long-term Asian Qigong practitioners and healthy controls. You notice I always mention healthy controls because studies that are very good have a control group of normal patients or patients who don't practice uh, to offset what we're looking at. 
and then looked at 12,000 genes in these Asian practitioners, Qigong practitioners in healthy controls. And they found that uh, 250 genes were found to be different in the Qigong practitioners uh, than in the control group, uh, giving credence to the thought that uh, you could improve your uh, expression of your disease genes through and improve your health through meditation. And there's another study by Dr. Crestwell in Brain Behavior and Immunology in 2012, and he studied 40 people who underwent an eight-week uh, stu- uh, mindfulness-based stress reduction program. And he found that the people who practice uh, mindfulness uh, meditation had a significant down-regulation of inflammation genes compared to the control group. So, in a way, we can establish that our own consciousness can affect our health in, in a very positive manner. And it seems to, uh, that this may seem to involve affecting the way our uh, DNA is uh, manifested. Um, so now, can we look at um, using our consciousness uh, to heal other people, because I think now we can pretty much say that uh, Yuan Gong, Qi Gong, and other forms of meditation can all improve your own health. So there are some interesting studies in uh, the literature about um, uh, improving the health of other people. And first we're going to talk about cell studies, uh, which we call in vitro studies in medicine. And there's a study by Dr. Yan, uh, Shin Yan, published in Molecular Cellular Biochemistry in 2012. And what they did in this study is they took pleural fluid, which fluid from the lung, of a patient who had small cell lung cancer. And, he, and the cultures, they took cultures and they randomly assigned some of them to be treated with qi and some not to be treated. And the treatment lasted 10 minutes in duration. And the other cells were, had some other sort of treatment that was not using your intentions. And what they found is in the cell cultures, this cancer cell cultures, they identified 39 genes where it, uh, their expression of these genes was altered by qi admission. And the ones that they found, they found that any ones that, they found that genes that caused cell death were upregulated. In other words, they were more active. And the genes that caused cell spread were uh, not as active. Uh, now, there's another study by Dr. Yu published in the American Journal of Chinese Medicine in 2003. And this is using Zen meditation to treat prostate cells, cancer cells. So human prostate cancer cells were treated with intention or psychosomatic emission for one minute and compared to control cells or cells that weren't treated that were actually only a few millimeters away in the same room. And they found that the treated cells had fewer and fewer colonies and this became more apparent as time went on. Uh, Dr. Uh, uh, the Qigong practitioner uh, Xin Yuan, Xin Yan, also did a study with breast cancer cells showing the same effect that uh, you can uh, change the expression of genes uh, of cancer cells. So, so this is fascinating studies, because in vitro studies in, are going to have... Uh, are are definitely studies that require um, very strict um, parameters. And uh, when you get into the in vivo studies, um, it, it it makes it it makes it a little bit harder to uh, to get the kind of controls that um, that are required and dictated for a for a study to be um, really good. So this is a fascinating information. Um, and you're absolutely right because there are hundreds of studies uh, using patients about using intentional healing. And before I discuss these studies, I just want to make one comment. Um, we're not recommending on this show that you stop going to a doctor. We mm-hmm. still want you to see your doctor and get medical advice. And we're certainly not recommending that anyone out there can go out and say they're a healer and heal other people. But we are suggesting that you can use your own thought process and your own consciousness to heal yourself and others. So let's go over two 
very well-accepted studies in the medical literature regarding intentional healing. Well, let me say this. One, let me say, and talk to Mark, let me say this. So we're, we're coming up um, to a, a break in, a, in just about a minute and a half. And so um, maybe, I don't know, can you speak in a minute and a half to one of these well, studies? Sure. Why don't I just say those two studies? Maybe I can stu- discuss one now and one afterwards. Actually, the okay, first go ahead. study is by Dr. Boyd, and it was in a coronary cure unit setting. It's published in the Southern Medical Journal in 1988. 393 patients in the coronary cure unit received uh, intentional thoughts from a priest asking for rapid recovery. And what they found was in the prayer group, there are fewer cases of pneumonia, heart failure, cardiac arrest. There was less need for antibiotics and diuretics to prevent heart failure. So these wow. patients seem Thank you. To do that better. is so that's th- that's remarkable. You know, it's I, I hate to, 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 to stop you, but we have to take another break now. It's time is really flying. Uh, when we come back we'll continue our con- uh, conversation with Dr. Mark Lebo, a retired card- cardiologist from Florida, who has been sharing with us some of the science behind intentional healing and the Western medicine literature. Uh, you are listening to Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please stay tuned. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. So many people live from one crisis to another, with each crisis taking an emotional and often even a physical toll. It doesn't have to be like that. Renshaway can help you change the patterns that keep you locked in stress. It can help you learn to live life from a calm, relaxed, natural state, even in the face of challenging circumstances. Renshaway integrates gentle exercise and moving meditation with a modern understanding of health and wellness. The practice has helped many to reduce anxiety and stress, gain greater mental focus and clarity, improve their physical health, or simply enhance their energy level. To learn more about how Wrenchway can help you, visit our website, wrenchwayamericas.org. That is R-E-N-X-U-E, Americas with an S, dot O-R-G. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Chaos to Calm with Jackie Blunt, Kathy Fogarty, and Bill McMillan. To find out more about Wrenchway, what we do, and how it can benefit you, visit our website, www.renxueamericas.org. Now back to Chaos to Calm. Hello, and welcome back to Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. I am Kathy Fogarty, your host of our show, Chaos to Calm. Our episode today is called Intentional Healing, You Can Do It. And it has been my pleasure to be speaking with our guest, Dr. Mark Lebo, a retired cardiologist who has been sharing with us some of the science in support of intentional healing. So, Dr. Mark, I, I kind of cut you off at the uh, end of the last segment, and um, I'm going to just, for the in the interest of time, I'm going to just have us um, continue to move along and just let our audience know that there are other in vivo studies that um, can demonstrate that consciousness, um, we can use the consciousness, consciousness to heal other people. But, you know, one of the observations I've made um, uh, as a naturopath and just talking to vis- any physicians who are trained in Western medicine is that, you know, we have really been trained to view the body biochemically. And when we begin talking about intentional healing, the biochemical view uh breaks down almost immediately. Um, and even when we're working with like scientific models, um, uh, reading the literature, the four fundamental forces such as electromagnetic and strong and weak nuclear forces and gravity don't really offer adequate expl- explanation for the, the subtle forces that seem to be implicit in intentional healing. Um, I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit to that. Absolutely. And I think uh, basically one of the thesis of my uh, presentation here today on the show is that quantum physics is a very plausible explana- explanation for, uh, for deciding or determining or being involved in the process of how we communicate not only with ourselves and with others. And quantum um, effects and in the body have really been well demonstrated despite not well publicized. Mm-hmm. For example, DNA has been shown to involve quantum phenomena, uh, photosynthesis, the production so of So when light. you talk about when you oh. talk about quantum phenomena, c- can you just share a little bit about that for our um, audience sure. who may well, not be Well, basically we're going to talk about a process uh, a a, um, a term called quantum entanglement. So we're talking about atomic and subatomic particles here mm-hmm. and how they interact with each other. And what is quantum entanglement? Sounds like a big term, um, very difficult to understand, but it's sort of uh, Albert Einstein described it as spooky physics. It's a <laughs> counterintuitive phenomena where particles um, which are separated seem to affect each other even though they're not in communication. Uh, so basically, particles seem to know what the other p- particle is doing, even though they can be uh, separated in space. Hmm. And there are lots of studies in the Western medical literature, uh, basically about how subjects can communicate with each other. Um, there are studies uh, showing that you can separate uh, people. And if you stimulate one brain with um, light, uh, the brain of the other person is affected by the light. Uh, they've done that. There's a study um, by Dr. 
Achterberg in Journal of Alternative Complementary Medicine that actually showed that uh, affecting one person uh, showed M- uh, changes in the brain documented by MRI scans in another person. Uh, so there is. So what's the ramification of that? What are, what's the what's the bottom line with the quantum entanglement? Our brains interconnect. Uh-huh. And so we're coming to the topic, basically, of what is consciousness and how does it relate to what we're practicing. And so we said at the beginning of the show that consciousness is a very controversial uh, topic. And um, the question is, where does consciousness originate? And we don't seem to know the answer to that. It used to be uh, thought that consciousness originates in the brain. But we know now that from, for example, near-death experiences, that people who have no brain activity can have conscious uh, or subconscious events during a cardiac arrest. And so this has to be explained by some other manner uh, than just that everything uh, works in the brain. Uh, So I think uh, I'd just like to say uh, kind of in a philosophical sense, uh, the mm-hmm. psychologist James, uh, William James said, we with our lives are like islands in the seas, are like trees in the forest, and the maple and the, and the pine may whisper to each other with their leaves, but, but the trees also commingle their roots in the darkness underground, and the islands also hang together through the ocean's bottom. James Campbell said, we think of consciousness being something peculiar to the head. But actually, we can also say that we all have our individual consciousness, but that our consciousness also interacts with everything around us. And this is sort of the idea of the chi field that we talk about in our practice. That so can, can, you, can you just define that for our present. listeners, the chi field? Pardon? Can you, are you able to define the chi field for our listeners? Well, in my opinion, chi field is the interaction of these subatomic particles. Mm-hmm. And they exchange information with each other uh, as they connect, interact with each other. And this information is exchanged uh, from particle to particle, or it can even be from brain to brain. Uh-huh. So, because if we look at our teacher's philosophy of totality... So things work in, you know, in the bigger picture. If Mm -hmm. we think that particles can interact with each other, which are lots of studies to prove that, imagine if we think of our own brains as particles. And so our own brains can interact with each other. It's incredible. It's really phenomenal. So let me ask you this, Dr. Mark. Um, in Rangeway, we uh, are learning something called Yuan Ming medicine. How does that paradigm uh, fit in with everything we've been talking about in terms of intentional healing and uh, consciousness? Yeah. So we're studying Yuan Ming medicine, which is basically using your intent uh, to improve your consciousness and your health. And it's sort of, uh, in one part, it's sort of like intentional healing in a way. So we're using uh, techniques that we learn uh, to uh, change the way, to manifest the way uh, our lives will be uh, conducted in the future to make our lives better, to make our thinking better, to make our consciousness better, and uh, to make our health better. Right. So to get so so to use um, to talk about Renj Wei and Yuan Ming medicine, it's um, it's really working at getting at the root cause because the root cause is probably rooted in our consciousness. Would you say that? Absolutely. Uh-huh. So we're working at um, understanding. Uh, really, it's basically a study or a technique to to see how. Uh, our consciousness is, uh, influences our health on a very deep uh, level with, within the brain, or if you look at it from a totality uh, perspective, uh, how our consciousness interacts with everything around us. 
So, Dr. Mark, we started out the uh, hour today talking about uh, uh, stress and the effect of stress, and uh, and then we segued into talking about how uh, uh, intentional healing and our the power of our thoughts and uh, positive thinking, meditation, Yun Gong Qi Gong, and then we moved on and and you shared just a plethora of different stories um, from the, that you called from the medical uh, Western literature on um, that gives credence to uh, a lot of these uh, these practices and then we just have finally moved into talking about uh, uh, quantum uh, mechanics and quantum entanglement and moving into the invisible subatomic um, particles actually the chi world um, that that we tend to be in um, is there anything else that you would like to share with us as we begin to wrap up this um, interview? Um, well, the final thing I'd like to say is uh, basically that intentional healing is not really something part of our culture. <laughs> but I think you have to keep an open mind about this because uh, our teacher says that there's no such thing as absolute truth. And what I've learned from medicine over the past uh, 40 years is basically that what is true today may not be true tomorrow. And in other cultures, intentional healing is an important component of maintaining health. And for us, the easiest way to do that is to practice Yuan Gong, Ren Shui, meditation. And so I think uh, we need to open our perspective uh, in our thought process to look at uh, all the different ways we can improve our own health. Wonderful. That's great. So I would like to take this opportunity to thank Dr. Mark Lebo for such a thought-provoking discussion and for providing us with some of the Western medicine studies that support intentional healing like Yuan Ming medicine, for one. Thank you for listening to Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and our program, Chaos to Calm. Intentional healing, you can do it. Stay tuned next week to hear more stories from people like you and all of us here who are learning to deal more effectively with the challenges of daily life in a calm and relaxed state. Thank you for joining us for Chaos to Calm. Next week, we will continue to explore the concept of Renshui and how to live a calm and happy life. Please join us for another edition of our program next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.